Listener Production. Snuggle up with 20 minutes of the fur balls coughed up by two of the cutest little kittens wrestling their way across the on demand ecosphere. Aww. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Uh, gotta go brush my teeth. Oh, why? What happened? Speaking of all day breakfast, I'm coming to you, and as I have been during this big old election campaign from Campaign HQ, aka Rat Dog's childhood bedroom. You got a little water bottle that hangs from the ceiling there, or you just sort of. Just lick, lick from yeah, the teat there. Yeah, I've set the podcast studio up next to the sandpaper, which is on the ground covering the, the, the wheel. <laughs> but no, my uh, my feed tray, and I've just been before we've started podcasting. Is these Easter eggs like uh, leftover yeah. Easter eggs? I'm like, because I bought heaps of them to do this video to show like the discretionary funds that the government gives out to marginal seats. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, it's, it's closer, good, good, like, good idea, by the way. Good concept. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, but now I've got to eat them all, so they're nah. just sitting here and I've just got so many. So uh, maybe I'll have to go brush my teeth before we start this little podcast in earnest. I got a couple of freebies as well. Bought something off Facebook Marketplace, the whole Mr. Men and Little Miss something books. You know, there's like Mr. Happy and Mr. Dickley yeah. and all those. We've got the whole set, 10 bucks, Facebook Marketplace. Brilliant stuff. She chucked in a couple of Easter eggs wow. as well. Every single one. Yeah, she said, here's some Easter eggs for your little one as well. And little does she know, Sophia doesn't like chocolate. So uh, they went straight to uh, Papa O. Thank you very much. Yeah, keep telling everyone that. <laughs> yeah, um, for now. And I think that'll be, uh, that's going to change. But anyways. Well, it's never got past the goalkeeper. She hasn't tried it yet. <laughs> Look, we got a massive show for you today. We're going to be digging into the mailbag, as we always do. Um, but we're also uh, dipping into the hundreds and thousands as we get our latest update on a few of the people who have been making fairy schnitzels, the next big thing in Australian culinary sensations. This is, no, it's like when time travel was just a concept, all right? It wasn't real. It has now become a DeLorean. We've got one, and we're going to tell you all about it very soon on this. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Well, Matt, scientists will tell you that a little time after the Big Bang, a universal shaping moment, planets started to form. Mm. And I tell you, an idea is like a big bang, and the biggest of bangs happened a couple of weeks ago on this podcast when we came up with the concept of the fairy schnitzel, a chicken schnitzel covered in sprinkles instead of crumbs. And since then, mate, it's been a wild, wild ride. Well, I mean, you know, you talk about the universe, but really this is like a chicken breast covered in stars and planets. Little tiny delicious stars and planets are hundreds and thousands sprinkles covered in the bread. And we asked you, I mean, we, we've, we've, since we had the idea, we uh, put it out to the universe and said, you know, how do we make this happen? We got in touch with Alice Slavsky, one of Australia's greatest cookbook writers. And Alice said, you know, this is going to be tough. There are a few obstacles you're going to have to overcome. Mm. And she gave us a couple of different options of the best way to succeed in doing this. So then we threw to you. Listening. Yeah, up until this point, it's all been words, okay? It's all been conceptual, but I'm happy to say that a few of you took our call to heart and went out to try and make the world's first fairy schnitz. And 
I've got to say, Matt, the photos that have come through have looked extremely appetising. Well, we've got a couple of different takes on the schnit and uh, joining us right now, let's hit Daniel first. Daniel, you sent us through our very first picture of a fairy schnit and, I mean, it looks absolutely brilliant. Just describe uh, what I'm looking at here in your uh, pan. Uh, So you're just looking at the control snitty, which was just done the normal way. And then the one with the hundreds and thousands. So this is brilliant. You've taken a scientific slant to this to create a normal schnitzel, then one that can be served at any birthday party, as it is a lot more festive than a regular schnitzel, um, cooking next to it. Did you create the schnitzel from scratch yourself or did you purchase some already crumbed schnitz? No, nah, no, nah, I butterflied the breast and crumbed it myself, so... Damn, wow. doggy, it's looking good now. The, so you have got, you haven't covered the entire schnitt in hundreds and thousands. You've just got, true to the piece of fairy bread, just the single layer of sprinkles right across the top. And it is a good, healthy layering. How did the sprinkles stick to that top layer of the schnitt? So when I crumbed it, I ended up just double dipping it back into, like I did the crumb at the start. Dipped it back in the flour, the egg wash, and then the I just laid the sprinkles on top. Mm. Oh, right. So just sitting on the top. I mean, we did say that in the original recipe, the sprinkles would replace the crumb, and yeah, so the sprinkles yeah. were pressed up close to the breast. No, itself. no. Look, I think but it's I good. I don't mind. The, I've got to say, the look, looking at it now, this is as close to my original vision as I can as I can think. Yeah, it's very good. And Daniel, what what did you rate it taste wise? Well, that one. Ended up coming out a bit, oh, just burnt, sugary taste. So <laughs> that was not very good. Uh, okay, but, yeah. so the photo we've got, the sprinkles are on top. Are you telling me after that photo was taken, you flipped the schnitt and went yeah. f- sprinkles face down to the pan? I had sprinkles on the bottom as well, so I cooked them both sides. Oh, oh, Daniel. So you're telling me it turned into a burnt, crispy mess? Yes, it did. <laughs> Uh, you you chose, you through, chose but... strategically to leave those photos out, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I well, see what's going on here. The control one, the next part I did is I let it cool down a bit and then put some butter all over it and actually sprinkle it all over it as well. Ended up trying that one and actually it wasn't too bad. Okay. Oh, now we're talking. So you, you actually treat the whole schnitzel like a slice of bread. So you let it cool, then you cover it in butter, mm. and then you dip it face mm. down in the spread. Okay, yeah. this, well, we could be onto something here. Remember the name, Daniel Cubank on Instagram. He could be up there with people <laughs> like Ernest Shackleton and Edmund Hillary. First met on top of Everest, okay? That name could become synonymous with the fairy schnitzel. So thank you, Daniel. All good. Thank you, fellas. As could Lyndon from Melbourne at Lindo. G'day, Lyndon. G'day, how you going? Good, thanks. Now, you took a different approach, Lyndon. What, tell us how you approached the fairy schnitt. Yeah, so I went for the savoury option, uh, took the classic breadcrumb mix and uh, separated into different portions and then added food colouring to those. Oh. Um, and then I had to put it in a dehydrator to dry it out again and then I blitzed it together with some garlic and pepper seasoning. Mate, how long did you spend on this schnitzel over the weekend? <laughs> Uh, it was actually done all this morning. <laughs> I heard your podcast and I went straight to it. When I first heard the um, the fairy schnitz idea, I thought, awesome idea, obviously. Um, obviously. And then, yeah, the first thing I thought was, 
uh, food colouring. Mm. Yep. Okay, so you don't have any actual real sprinkles in yours? No real sprinkles. All no. right, so they're breadcrumb-looking things, and it's turned out pretty well. The problem is it, when it is fried up, and you've sent the, sent the photos through, that the colours have started to bleed into the other ones. And with the oil, I think the crumbs become a little bit soggy, and it does look a little bit like a tie-dyed chicken. Yeah, it <laughs> looks like a clown that's been crying, um, you know, or that's, or that's gone to bed with its sort of makeup. On, but can I say the the pre pan schnitt that is looking absolutely gorgeous. It looks like yeah. a precious gem with all sorts of sparkly colours throughout. So um, I reckon you're on the right track potentially, Linda. And the, the big question is flavour. Oh yeah, it was perfect. Oh. Um, so re- really tasty. Um, I just wanted to be on the right side of uh, fairy schnitt's history. <laughs> yeah, no, you've done the right thing. And look, thank you for taking a stab at it. Um, do you uh, do you think you'd approach it a different way next time at all? Uh, well, I wasn't sure about adding the sugar with the savoury, uh, so I think I'll actually go down the same path again. Oh, okay. Well, that's an interesting one, Lindo. Uh, we thank you very much for committing so uh, feverishly to the schnitt. Thank you for providing the photos. And uh, to you listening, you'll be able to check out the gallery of uh, homemade fairy <laughs> schnitzes on Instagram at matt.n.alex. And please, there's still a little bit of time if you want to do as Lyndon did and just quickly jump into the kitchen right now and start creating. You too could be part of the gallery. The options are there. But until then, Matt, I think we've got a little bit of work to do because it's coming from an idea in the first test phase to entering production. And so there'll be more info on that next week. But until then, let's get on with the show. All day breakfast. The big question is only four weeks away from being answered. Can a half-rodent, half-canine sit in the House of Representatives in our National Parliament? It is time for another Matt and Alex campaign trail update. And yes, Matt, what a week it has been. Things are ramping up. I'm exhausted. I, I mean, I, I asked you to be a Diver City DJ, DJ Dad, for the Diver City shows that we did at your comedy club. And, you know, it's been a while mm-hmm. since you stepped behind the deck. So I thought, you know, hit up Dice. You had a big show, a big uh, event on on the weekend. Yeah, sorry I missed it. On the weekend, uh, hundreds of people gathered at the Civic Green in Warrnambool to, well, let's face it, see some live Greta Ray. Um, that was a big draw card. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> also it's very sneaky of you. Get an act that people want to see and then uh, slide yeah. right in afterwards. No, so uh, oldest trick in the book, that, mate. That's how you do it. Uh, but, yeah, get Greta Ray, but also do a few speeches and just show some support for the independence for Wannan movement. It was really, really lovely. It was... Yeah, you've like I'm just having a real emotional time on this Ooh, campaign trail, man. Really, one of them was um, like that because you see Greta Ray, and we were lucky enough to meet her, this incredible person, when she won Unearthed High, being crowned the best high school act in the country of that year. But it was there, yeah, pumping out of some speakers, which were from this company called Alderwood Speakers. It's a guy named Scott and his partner in a uh, sort of big hall in Compton. He manufactures them. He's like a engineering genius, and he makes them and. They helped out with the campaign last time and they're back again helping again. I look out and my year three teacher, Mr. Ryan's there, like friends from the footy club are hanging out. It's just all these people because my face happens to be on this campaign, but it's just incredible how many people are sort of behind it. And it's a moment like that. You sort of really look back and go, 
these people are all that I've met over the journey and they all believe in me and the idea wow. and it's just like, it's very, very lovely. And so that was a big one. But yeah, I was DJing in Lawn earlier this week. I've been doing meet and greets. A 100-year-old came to meet me and have a chat Whoa. about what we can do for the next election for the future of this country. That was absolutely lovely to see. And what, 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 what is, uh, when you're 100 years old, what are you worried about? Well, she's sort of, one of the first things she said, I wish I could see you better. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, you know, some making sure that people and pensioners and these sort of things are, are taken care of medically. You want to have a comfortable life as you're growing older. So I think that's massive. And the NDIS has been really huge as well as aged care and the conversations I've been having. Um, but on the other end, the young kids want to have questions too. And I did talk at, talk at my old primary school, speaking of emotional, to the young kids who were pretty eager to hear a little bit of Eric the Awkward Orc, but also ask questions. they like, I've seen your face on a fence. What the hell's going on? And I talk about how when I was in year six, like them, I went on Canberra camp and, you know, you go to the House of Representatives and I watch John Howard yelling at Kim Beasley and everyone's like, rah, 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 rah. And um, I sort of remember saying to a friend at the time, oh, if our class acted like this, Mrs Nelson would get us in trouble <laughs> because they don't put their hand up to speak. So I was saying that and Mrs Nelson came in. My old year six teacher was still there as well as my prep teacher, um, Mrs. Glennon, Mrs. Morris was still there. Mr. Lee was a teacher. He's now the principal. And it's just this real generational thing, which was really lovely. And I think the moment where I almost lost it was um, this young girl and I was talking about, a few kids asked, like, how much money do you get for your books that you sell? And, like, how many books have you sold? And that kind of thing. There were a couple of questions about that. And I said, um, well, I actually don't know because I don't get, like, regular updates. It's just out there and, <laughs> you know, however many happens, happens. And I said, but... It's very different because we know a lot of musicians and they have millions of streams, you know, some tens of millions, some hundreds of thousands. But, yeah, in the end, the amount of things doesn't matter. The things that I like the most are selling, you know, putting a book out there as someone reading it and then saying, hey, thank you for that. It made me feel a bit better about my own situation. Mm. (laughs) And there was a young girl there because I mentioned when I was in primary school, my mum had just passed away and Mrs Glenn had mentioned that. I think, yeah, it was the first year when you came, your mum had just passed away, which is amazing that she remembers it because it's about 28 years ago or something like that. And, um, yeah, the girl that asked the question came up and said to me, "Um, thank you for saying that about your mum. It made a connection with me because I've never met my dad. Something like that. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm about to cry. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, barely holding on. So um, it's it's funny. The campaigning is very long. It's very arduous, you know, but meeting people and making those connections with people is um, some of the best, whether they be young or whether they be 100 years old. And it's like, you know, I've lived a good life and want to make sure that things are good for the future. I've been really enjoying that aspect. And... You also just get to have lots of fun, Matt O'Kine, which is what happens when you head along to the Karoi Sheepdog Trials, which were held a little while ago, but I was able to get a little bit of audio from out at the green pastures of the Karoi Footy Oval where the Border Collies were out in action and the ewes were running amok. All right, I'm down at the Karoi Sheepdog Trials with the President. Connor, how you going, man? Yeah, going good, going good. What have we got going on today? It's the Australian Sheepdog Championship. We started on Tuesday and we finish on Sunday. It's like a five-day cricket test. Yeah, six-day. Yeah. Six-day. Yeah. 
Yeah. I got into Formula One recently by watching Drive to Survive on Netflix. Um, how many people do get into this sport by watching Babe? Yeah. When someone asks you how to explain it, what is it? I guess that's one way to say, have you seen Babe? <laughs> exactly. Like that. And should you be put off, say you don't own a Border Collie, maybe you've got a Pug, maybe you've got a Cavoodle, are they kind of ones that can get in there? Um Traditionally not, but there, are, there, there's all sorts. Mostly the border collies and kelpies, but yeah, anything, anything can happen. So there you go, Matt. Anyone who owns a puppy, just have a look at your next sheepdog trial meet because if you're out there, is there could be some good prizes up for grabs. Well, just like the sheepdogs are up for a possible win, we also hope the rat dogs are too. <laughs> so a few weeks to go, we've got our fingers and toes crossed for you, and uh, we hope all the best for the rest of the campaign. We look forward to the next update. Thank you very much, Alex Dyson. Would you look at the time? It is the time for another Matt and Alex mailbag where we dive on in to the big old sack that comes to our Christmas chimney every single week. <laughs> Glad you said that. All right, here we go. So Aaron got in touch with us. This is regarding being a little porky pie dealer. Um, when have you accidentally spread a lie? A little while ago we were talking about when you accidentally, you, you, you commit to a lie by accident. You just tell someone something. Um, and, you know, you swear by it until and your adult life, you realise you've been wrong. Erin says, I'm 34 years old and up until recently believed and told people and argued with people that if you accidentally cut a worm in half, like in the garden with a spade or whatever, the worm would survive and become two worms. <laughs> I legit thought it was true, told people this. My boss had to Google it to show me this was not true. The fact I never Googled it myself is a big face palm in itself. Well, yeah, that it's is... It's so believable, though. If they became two worms, could you cut them and make four worms? <laughs> like, would that work Just as make well? infinite worms. It sounds like some the next baddie in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. The worm multiplier. Exworminate. Um, Dale has... <laughs> the exworminator. Uh... <laughs> Look, it sometimes makes sense. I know that crabs will drop their claws, you know, they drop their big claws and then they grow them back. So, yeah, like, who knows? We've also had Dale get in touch on the topic of account sharing. Uh, Dale said, I ended a relationship a few years ago and after the ex treated me quite terribly throughout the whole thing, I realised I still had their flybys details. So off to Liquorland I went and claimed the years of hard-earned points on a nice bottle of whiskey. Not all was lost. Tell you what, I mean, oh. Wouldn't want to be found out about doing that, although most of the time they just expire now, don't they? You would have had to buy a lot. And Darren is joining us on the phone. G'day, Darren. Hey, mate, how you going? Good, thanks, Darren. I'm so good, Darren, because it's amazing to hear your voice because we got quite an incredible text from you the other day. How's this? Darren said, my mum left a picture of me with my phone number on the back at a local plant nursery. No, do you reckon that's for what? real? Darren's saying his mum just said, just said. I'm just, wait, I'm just trying to. My boy's single. Here's his phone number at the local nursery. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so That's what Darren said. It's just a random Darren picture at a nursery with a phone up. Someone's walked past, seen it, liked the look of what they saw and called up and now Darren has a partner. We need to talk to Darren sometime as well. Yeah, let's, let's speak. Darren, if you're listening, please let us know if that's true or not. 
So we have Darren on the line. Darren, mm. tell us about what happened. Um, yeah, so I just want to start by saying I probably don't recommend parents do this. Um, <laughs> so my mother used to go to a local plant nursery. Um, you know, I was probably early 20s, singles, and she, you know, struck up a bit of a relationship with this young, pretty girl that worked there and just happened to ask her whether she was single, and she was. So mum sort of thought, I'll, um, you know, I'll try and set these two up, but she didn't know how. So what she did is she went home, she got a photo of me, wrote my number down on the back of the photo, really embarrassing, and dropped it into the nursery. Um, and she did warn me. She didn't, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, like, put it on a table or put it in a plant? Because I'm imagining this photo of you sticking up out of the dirt in a plant. <laughs> no, not exactly. She threw it in an envelope and just put uh, my partner's name on it. Um, and by the time she got back in there the next week, my partner had actually gone on holidays. So when she came back from holidays, there was this uh, envelope stuck to the notice board with her name on it. Um, so she opened it up and, and she didn't really know who it come from or anything because obviously my mum hadn't handed it to her so she she didn't really know but um yeah mum sort of warned me that that there was a chance that somebody may you know message me and just so that I knew what was going on and and I sort of thought to myself oh that you know that nothing nothing would ever come of come of that but um yeah got a got a text message and we had a bit of a blind date and six months later we we started dating well you had a blind date she didn't no, well, she, no, she, she, <laughs> yeah, she knew exactly. Who she I had no idea. This is incredible stuff. So, when was this? What year do you reckon? And this was in two thousand and six. This was pre any social media. Exactly. There was no. I couldn't do any Facebook stalking or anything. <laughs> oh wow. No okay. This makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. So we've been together for what 15, 16 oh years. We've been married God. for seven. Well, do you know what? Hey, you said. I wouldn't recommend anyone doing this, but guess what? That well, is a love story that, that has lasted the test of time. How many times do you think I've had to hear this story in the last 15 years from mum and dad? <laughs> oh, there's no one smugger than a matchmaker that works. No one smugger than a matchmaker. Exactly. Look, it's an incredible effort by your mum. Big shout-outs to her. And congrats again. 15 years is nothing to, you know, drop your leaves over. So well done. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Thanks, guys. Darren, we ought to just catch you next time. I want to catch your mum next time because I want to ask her, what were you thinking? <laughs> so maybe we'll line up an interview with uh, the matchmaker mum of the century and see if we can't get a bit of help ourselves. <laughs> but thank you very much for that, Darren, and thank you for tuning in to Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast, not only today but for the um, big short week that we've had. We're going to be back with another episode for you on Monday. Enough of these public holidays. We're getting right back into the thick of things and uh, we'll catch you then. Yeah, have a good one. See you soon. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex. Listener.